Good evening. Good to see so many with us tonight. Um, I'm going to have you, uh, if, if you will, if y'all will go ahead and find these three places in your Bible. That way, once we move around a little bit, you'll have them marked. Uh, if you can find Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you can find Jeremiah 25. And if you can find Lamentations 5. Okay, so Deuteronomy 28, mark it. Um, mark Jeremiah 25. And then mark Lamentations chapter 5. Okay? So I'm going to give you all a second there. Um, two beautiful songs. One, one old, one not so old. I guess it's getting even you know, older than what I think. You know, probably some of y'all, the younger crowd here, Y'all, y'all probably have known that that one song, that last song, all your life. But, but um, you know, for me, it's two of my favorite, and um, and to me, so significant with what with what I'm about to share. So, every year on April 14th, the the Jewish um, religion they recite the book of Lamentations, five chapters long. They recite the whole book. The word lamentation. It means a passionate expression or a grief or a sorrow. Lamentation, when you, when you think of that word to lament, I mean, you're thinking of something bad usually. It's, it's going to bring sorrow and grief and anguish. And so, uh, so the book of Lamentations is that. I mean, get that thought in your mind. This is, this is not something good. This is, uh, you know, if you, if you study the, you know, the, the old culture, the Jewish religion, I mean, they're sitting, it's, it's when people die and when they're in bondage and they're sitting in ashes and they're weeping in sorrow. And so they read this. They read this, this book on April 14th. And the book of Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah, which we're going to you know, read a little bit from Jeremiah. And he was warning, you know, he had warned the, gener- the, uh, he had warned the Jewish nation over and over again. He, he had reminded them of a warning that Moses had given long before. You know, that, that God had given Moses. Follow my commands or really else. You need to follow my word. You don't need to turn and worship other gods. You need to worship the, the one true God. And if you do worship other gods, if you do turn away from my commandments, there'll be consequences. And Jeremiah, you know, years later is warning. He's giving prophecies and he's telling them, if you don't turn back, if you don't repent, then God is going to turn you over to the enemy. He's going to allow a foreign king from a foreign land to come and take you over and take you away from this promised land that God has given you. And so so I want us to to first look in Deuteronomy 28, the original promise, this original warning and promise that that it would either be a blessing or a curse that, that, that Moses warns the people of Israel. God's giving you his law and he's promised these so, so great of inheritance, not just land, but himself, that you get God to dwell with you. And in Deuteronomy 28, it says this, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth 
And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So see, there's the blessing. But they had to do what? They had to obey. They had to follow His commands that He had given them. And then when you skip down to verse 15, the warning. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all His commandments and His statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And so, so here it is. Choose one or the other. You know, choose the blessing or the curse. Choose to obey or choose to disobey. You know, now the ball is in your court. Let's see what the nation of Israel will do. What will they do constantly? What do they do over and over again? They disobey. They disobey. And in verse 36 of that same chapter, we see this. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set whom you set over you to a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone. The Lord, this is in verse 49, the Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the end of the earth, swooping down like an eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand, a hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. That's who he's going to. He says, okay, if you won't obey me, then I'm going to allow this nation to take you over. They're going to take what was your inheritance, your promise. In verse 52, it says this, they shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and your fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout all your land. Right, walls, we can trust those, right? We built, the, we built these huge walls, these forts to keep the enemy out. And God says, no, you can't trust in that. If you won't trust in me, then I'll take those walls down. I'll send you to a faraway land. I'll bring in those, uh, those pagans to overtake you. You'll serve other gods. You, you want something other than me? You want to choose here, I've given you life or death, and you want to choose death, and I'll turn you over to that. Y'all paying attention? Don't let somebody distract you right now from God's Word. It really is a slap in the face of God. Okay? If you're not doing everything that you can to focus in on His Word right now, it's a slap in His face. Okay? Do not distract one. You, you stay focused on Him and Him alone. And so then it says this in verse 65, And among these nations you shall find no respite, and there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But the Lord will give you there a trembling heart and failing eyes and a languishing soul. And in that, in that we, we may not see His grace and His mercy, but there is so much grace and mercy. When you say over and over again, I will not follow the Lord, I will follow after someone else. I will chase after another God. I will not obey His commands. And then God says, fine, I'm going to weaken you, my child. I'm going to turn you over to the enemy, my child. You know why? Because I'm going to make you fall on your knees. I'm going to take everything from you so that you'll know who your faith should really be in. Who your God should really be. That is grace and mercy. When you hit your wits in, when you have nothing left, when you think that you have um, been brought to your lowest point, thank God, praise God, because He's showing you who He is and what you really need. And so here, here it says this, 
Your life shall hang in doubt before you. Night and day you shall be in dread and have no assurance of your life. So here they're saying, you're at a point. This is what he's telling Israel he's going to do to them. You're, you're not even going to know if you're going to make it through the night or not. Now, I don't know if you've ever been through that before, but I have. I've literally been there. And, you know, I had my 20-year anniversary yesterday of my wreck, and I can literally tell you that I know when a machine is breathing for you, you you really don't know if you're going to make it through that night. And so I've been there, and I know that there's people in this room that have been there where they they were in some situation where they didn't know if they were going to make it through the night or make it through the day. And, and there's, a, there's a different perspective that that offers. When you have a machine breathing for you, there's a different perspective that that, that takes a hold of your life. Okay? There, there is a newness in the way that you look at that day. In the way that you look at the next day. It's one that can wear off because it does with me from time to time. And every year about this time, I, I relive it all again. And I have to remember how close it can come and how short it can be and how fragile it is. And, in, and he says this, in the morning you shall say, if only it were evening. And at evening you shall say, if only it were morning. Because of the dread that your heart shall feel and the sights that your eyes shall see. There at the point, he's telling them, I'm going to take you to a place where you wish you were any other place but now. You know, if it's morning, you'd rather it be evening. And if it's evening, you'd rather it be morning. That that you are in a situation where you just, you are completely hopeless in your situation. You wish you were in some other situation. He's going to bring them to their knees. He's going to bring them to their weakest point. And the Lord, it says in verse 68, will bring you back to the ships, to Egypt where you were in bondage. A journey that I promise that you shall never make again. And there you shall offer yourselves for sale to enemies as male and female slaves. But there will be no buyer. He says, you know how detestable I'm going to make you? You'll be so, you will be so hopeless that you're willing to sell yourself as a slave. But you'll be so detestable that no one will want you. Even as a slave. You'll be that prodigal who wakes up in that pit and ready to eat the slop with the pigs. That's where, that's where he'll take you. And in that is great grace and mercy. Whether you realize it or not, every time that you say, woe is me because something bad has happened in my life, that is an opportunity for grace in your life. Grace in your life. To God to show you, you don't need to rely on anybody else but me. And you've been relying on everything else but me. And I'm offering you life, but you're choosing death. I choose life. In Jeremiah 25, he warns him, he says, You neither listen nor incline your ears to hear. Some of you I see every Wednesday night and I beg and I plead with you come Sunday morning. And I'm like, do they have ears to hear? Do they have better things to do? Do they have ears? Are they listening? Are they choosing to reject the truth? So it says, come, follow, listen, be a child of God. Follow His commands. Follow Jesus Christ. 
but we have better things. So he says, you neither have listened nor inclined your ears to hear, although the Lord persistently sent to you all his servants, the prophets. So he sent to us time and time again, people to tell, tell us the truth, to share with us the truth, to show it. This is how you live. This is what you do. Not because I say so. Not because Coach Kyle says so. Coach Kyle points to the word. Brother Tony points to the word. Brother Brian points to the word. It's not us that's saying these things. It's the word of God that's saying these things. So don't listen to me. Listen to the word. Find out for yourself. If you think I'm lying to you, pick it up and read it. Listen to God. So he says... Turn now every one of you from his evil way and evil deeds. That's what the call is tonight. Are you in evil way? Are you in evil deeds? Are you doing things that you know are against uh, God's way? His commands for your life. He tells you to turn and repent for him. Don't wait. Do it now. Talk to him now. Repent of those things now. Dwell, it says you will dwell upon the land that the Lord has given to you and your father's. From of old and forever. Do not go after other gods to serve and worship them. Or provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. Then I will do to you no harm. So don't go and worship other gods. Worship the one true God and I will do you no harm. But he says this in verse 7 in Jeremiah 25. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord. Is that what he's saying about us tonight? Does he look at your life and say, you have not listened to me? You have not listened to me, says the Lord, declares the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. Okay, you want that life here. I'm going to let your own hands be your destruction. I'll turn you over to those things. And then we get to, to our focal passage tonight. But I wanted to look at Lamentations 5. Please go there. Lamentations 5. This is the last chapter that the Jews read every April 14th. A reminder of the captivity when they disobey God. Lamentations 5 says this. Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers. Strangers, pagans took the land, took Jerusalem, took the temple. Pagans, not worshipers of God, but worshipers of stone and worshipers of wood, worshipers of idols. It says we become orphans, we become fatherless, and our mothers are like widows. And it skips down and it says this we are weary, we are given no rest. In verse 7, it says, Our fathers sin and are no more, and we bear their iniquities. Slaves rule over us. There is none to deliver us from their hand. In verse 10, Our skin is hot as oven, as an oven with the burning heat of famine. Verse 12, Princes are hung up by their hands. No respect is shown to the elders. Do y'all remember the prophecy? What it said that they would do to the old and the young. The prophecy being fulfilled. It says in verse 13, young men are compelled to grind at the mill and boys stagger under loads of wood. The joy of our hearts has ceased. We have no joy. The joy has stopped. 
Our dancing has been turned to mourning. They, you ever heard that saying, you didn't, you didn't know what you had till it was what? Gone. They, they've been taken away from their land. The presence of God, which was there among them, taken and secure, turned over as slaves to slaves. It says the crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us for we have sinned. See at first they said our fathers have sinned. Now they're finally realizing no, it's not just our fathers that sinned and turned and worshipped. Yeah, yeah, our fathers can have a big impact on what we do. But then we're responsible for our sin. We've sinned. For this our heart has become sick. For these things our eyes have grown dim. From Mount Zion, which lies desolate, jackals prowl over it. There are foreigners in our land. But you, O oh Lord, you reign forever. Now finally, they see their sin. And now they look to the king on high and they give him praise. Their hearts finally, in the lowest of times, their hearts finally lament they cry, they weep over not their situation as far as what it is now. We've been overtaken, but more about their sin and their distance from God. Now they begin to look at God instead of just their situation. They start to realize their situation is bleak because of the relationship that they lack with God the Father. The relationships that has been damaged between them and God the Father. And then they cry out, Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? Verse 21, Restore us to Yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old. And then the, then the book of Lamentation ends this way. Unless you have utterly rejected us, and you remain exceedingly angry with us. Do you know that the Jews, when they recite this every, every April 14th, they say it all the way to the end. But do you know that they skip back to verse 21 to end it? They don't want to end it like that. Like it really ends. It ends unless you've utterly rejected us and you remain exceedingly angry with us. So they go back. They say, they end it with verse 21 instead of verse 22. They say, restore us to yourself, O Lord. They repeat that verse. Restore us. Restore us, O Lord. Now the ending of that is so significant because it reminds us that we don't want to fall into the hands of an, of an angry God. And He is. He's angry at sin. and He's, he's going to pour out wrath over sin. And He did on His own Son. But I think the Jews don't even know how right they are in going back and reading that verse again. Those that reject the Messiah don't even understand the grace that they're, that they're asking for is so available. Say, so restore to us. Yes, we've broken your commandments. You have, haven't you? You're, you're cursed, aren't you? You have broken His commandments and you live under a curse. But did you know that Christ Jesus, our King, our Lord, our Savior, that He paid 
your way. That while we were yet sinners, that he died for us. We're enemies and that he died for us. And that now he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. They don't even know those Jews on April 14th. They don't even understand what they're what they're praying here when they stay restored to us, because he has offered a way to restore that relationship to us. That is the blessing. That is life that you can have. That is how the curse is broken. It is broken and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Like the song says, we're prone to wonder. If you didn't know it, your heart does not naturally flow to God. He comes to you. And some of you might be, he might be beckoning to tonight. He's calling to your heart tonight. And while your heart wants to look every which way and so many distractions around you, God is calling to you to put those distractions to the side. Follow me. Never look back. Follow me for the rest of your life. Even when it's tough, even when it's not popular, turn from your sin and follow me. Turn from your sin and repent tonight. Follow and trust in the blood of Jesus Christ. He's the only way to true salvation. Let's pray. God, my Father, I thank you, Lord, for, for your word and your testimony, Father, for your son, Jesus Christ. There is no other way to you but through him. God, we thank you for that. His blood breaks the curse, Father. Curse that's on mankind, but only through trusting in that blood, Father in that sacrifice, that atonement, Father. God, we love you and we thank you. We ask that you, um, God, plant these hearts, these, these words deep in our hearts, Father. God, that it might be good soil that heard them tonight. God, we rely on you for that. It's all in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.